Welcome to the Sons of Technology Clubhouse. Ditch your fear at the door, take a risk, and enjoy the ride with your hosts, Joe Marquez and Kyle Anderson. Welcome to the Sons of Technology podcast. Thank you so much for joining us here at the clubhouse. We're super excited to be talking with you today because we're, we're going to be talking about some subjects that are really that are really tough. And, and it's, it's things that I've seen tech TOSAs and, and technology integrators and just teachers deal with over the course of their career. Um, and this is imposter syndrome. Um, and it, it has to do with us not believing that we qualify ourselves as experts or that anything that we've done um, it matches up to what others have done. And so it's really important that we talk about this because you are important and what you have to say is important. And so how can we overcome that? So that's what we're going to be talking about today. Today, around the table, of course, as always, we have uh, my partner in innovation, my partner in crime, Kyle. Kyle, I'm going to let you introduce yourself first today because we haven't done that yet. So let's go ahead and start with you. Well, all right. Thanks, Joe. So yes, Kyle Anderson. I'm a special education teacher in the Reno-Carson City area of northern Nevada, which is very rainy right now where I'm at, but... The Sierras around me, up around Lake Tahoe, are getting pounded with snow. So for those of you that are skiers and snowboarders, it is open season at this point. So if you happen to come up here, bring your gear, let me know because I have my own ski equipment and maybe I'll join you for that. So um, you can find me on Twitter, at Anderson EdTech, Instagram, Anderson EdTech, and then my blog, www.AndersonEdTech.net. And then, like Joe said, um, my, he's also my partner in crime. So Joe, introduce yourself now. All right. Thank you, Kyle. Yeah, so I'm Joe Marquez. I'm an educator out of the Central Valley of California. And uh, if you are also on the Twitter, Marquez70. Um, and, and I am out of the Central Valley. And right now we are also being bombarded with rain and hail, um, which is great. Right. Everybody's always saying, you know what, the Central Valley needs more rain. We need more water. And everybody say, says that all year long, Kyle. And then when it starts to rain, everybody's like, oh, why is it raining? We can't do anything. I always find that hilarious. Yeah, it's always that's always real that's always real good that um you know, really wherever you're at, nobody everybody always complains they want it to rain, especially in our drier climates where you and I are at, and then they complain when it happens and then um well then oftentimes what'll happen too is that you get at least where I'm at, you average about four inches of rain a year, may give or take a little bit more, a little bit less or whatever, and then you seem to get most of it all in one shot. Yeah, it's it's and, and that's exactly what we had today. I mean, it was buckets and buckets of rain. I've never seen so much before in my life. I mean, it was to the point where people were taking out their cameras recording it like they were thinking like this, this is a once in a lifetime event. It was the pretty, apocalyptic pretty rainstorm in the Central Valley. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> some people probably were like, what is this? We don't ever get to see this before, but it's good. We need rain. I just wish we had some more reservoirs to be able to hold that rain for as long as we needed to, though. Um, so. Kyle, I wanted to I wanted to talk about this, and and, uh, and I'm happy we're talking about it on our 25th episode, right? And, and first, I want to reflect a little bit on this, Kyle. I, I know that you just recorded and just released the 50th episode of the Beer Edu podcast, so congratulations on that. Thank you. And and listeners, if 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 you haven't heard the Beer Edu podcast, um, number one, it's not about specifically about beer, right? They talk about beer and they talk about some of the things that uh, of the beers. Um, and, and the history of it, but it's it's about educators talking about education over a beer. And it's a really great podcast if you haven't listened to it. But you recorded your 50th episode this past week, and we are recording episode 25. And, you know, that's a great reflection because 
it was a last year around this time, Kyle, we were talking about starting the Sons of Technology podcast and to know that we've kept up with it and that we've done it every two weeks and that we've hit our 25 episode milestone. I'm just super excited about that. Um, what about you? Um, you're you're hitting two milestones within a week of each other. So I, I, I would expect that you're pretty ecstatic as well. Well, first of all, I, I didn't realize this was 25 because, um, well, I mean, we, we've done this now for almost a year, like you said, and uh, you tend to be more of the, uh, when it comes to the podcast side of things, I take care of the editing and the recording piece, and then you're more of the show notes and um, all that kind of thing, and, like, and then I'll name the episodes, but I did not realize until you just said that this was number 25, and that's, you're right, that's a great milestone, and the fact that it's coinciding with the 50th episode of my other show at the same time, that's that's actually pretty hilarious, if you ask me, so, um, and yeah, and speaking of that other show, if you go back on the Sons of Technology feed, back to episode 18, we did our crossover over episode, uh, where we brought them together, um, so you can kind of get a taste of what the beer edu podcast is if you listen to that one and then yeah give us a listen uh we would we'd love to have you as a listener we definitely have a good time with that so but yeah so just kind of looking back at this last year i i just we, we've mentioned this story a couple different times now about how we had been planning out a session for the tulare county tech rodeo in january of 2019 so you know almost a year ago now and we're in the process of planning out that session it turned into Let's turn this into a podcast. So we had the first episode was, I can't remember now if it was late December or early January. I just know that our second episode was actually a live recording. So we were that band that released one album and then did a live album pretty much. <laughs> yeah, basically. So yeah, we, we were the cold plays of the world at that point. So, <laughs> but, um, so in this past year though, it, it's just the topics we've covered and the people that, with, that have joined us on a near bi-weekly basis. So it's just the two of us today, and that was not planned. It was just you know, something that didn't mesh with others' schedules this time around. So that happens every now and then. But just the conversations that we have had and what you and you have brought to the table, what I've brought to the table, what our other guests have uh, brought to the table around our around the clubhouse here, it just it, it's just mind-boggling. Just just the amount that I have learned over this time and the people that I've gotten to interact with during this time. And I'm pretty sure I don't want to speak for you, but I'm sure you probably have a very similar sentiment about this. No, I you know. Absolutely. You know, I, 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 I am a huge proponent of, of connecting, right? I mean, connecting um, at conferences, connecting via Twitter, but, but also connecting with, with, with educators and, and like-minded individuals that, that are willing to tackle, you know, important topics. And um, I really get excited to be able to, uh, to talk with you, you know, every week uh, about these things and record with you every couple of weeks and then, you know, getting others involved with it. It really kind of fills my bucket um, of, of being able to connect with some really powerful minds um, that, that, that are out there in education because, you know, I'm a true believer in, you know, walk with the wise and you become wise. Walk with those willing to make a difference. Walk with those willing to make change. Walk with those willing to take risks and you will start emulating that. And so, you know, over this past year, I have gotten to be a better person, a better educator, a better presenter, just by being in all of your presence, like your presence, Kat Goyette's presence, um, Adam's presence. You know, we got John Carippo on our last episode. I mean, these are some amazing people. And, and just to be able to call them, you know, our friends is, is just an amazing thing to me um, because we have a pretty, a pretty good bond with each other. And, and I, I, 
you know, and hopefully, you know, people feed off me and then just as much as I feed off them. Yeah. And then some of the others we get like, hey, Zeus Huerta that comes on. David Platt that has been on a few different times. Ryan Schwartz. Been, I mean, just all these different people that come on. And then it's not just those that have come on the show with us, too. We have our we have our chat group on Twitter where we have the group over DM on Twitter where we propose the topics and talk about when we're going to record. And there's plenty of those in there that they've never come on and joined us for a recording, but they're always providing feedback or different ideas in there as well. The, the Jen Giffins and the Matt Millers and the uh, Jake Millers of the world that are in that group along with us. And um, it, it was really something I remember we when we did the extensions episode and then right after we got done, you said you had found that uh, immersive reader extension. You put that into the group and then it was 15 people all of a sudden like, no way. And then everybody going back and forth, bouncing ideas uh, with it. And it really took off on Twitter even after that because you had uh you had posted something on Twitter about it and tagged a lot of us and then it just took off and then really it was people from all over the world were going into this. I, I would love to see your analytics just on that one tweet uh from that one because but it's it's gr the group that we have the our sons of technology group it's this podcast it's those that have come on to the show and the ideas they've shared that um really what it's done and I, I mentioned the, the learning over the past year or so but what it did as well, I this group is partially responsible too for the book that I wrote that is in the editing phase right now because I had been talking about writing a book for a long time. I had an idea what I wanted to do and I wanted to theme my book around risk taking and we had been doing this podcast for about three months when finally I, I told myself, you know what, if I don't just start writing this thing, it's not going to happen. So I finally just one day in late March sat down, started writing a little bit plugged away and then by the middle of summer I had accepted a book deal finished the book up and now here in the next few months I'm going to be a published author and part of that is because of this group you know and, and that's that's amazing right and and it, it really does you know that 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 uh, comment really leads into into our subject because uh of, of imposter syndrome and 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 what this means is you know you're you're a part of a podcast, which you know, looking at our analytics, you know, we we have you know a, a quite good number of users who listen, and and we love our we love our listeners and and, and we love our educators, um, but but you know they they're gonna listen to you on this podcast, Kyle. They're gonna read your book, and they're gonna be like, that guy is amazing. That guy is an expert. That guy is on top of his game. And when they see you at a conference. They're probably going to ask you to sign their book. They're probably going to ask you for some stickers. They're going to ask you for advice. You know, how, how does that make you feel when all of these other educators are putting you on a pedestal? Do you, because, you know, when I've talked to other presenters or I've talked to other ed tech people, you know, and myself included, you know, we, I personally don't feel, you know, I'm, I'm better than anybody else or anything like that. You know, I, I, I always, I always say, you know, like no matter what station you are in life and who you are, everybody is equal and everybody, you know, should, you know, you shouldn't, you know, lift people up and, 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 and think of them as like, you know, somebody that, that you, you have to look up to. Um, you can, you can admire them. Um, you, you can be like, you know, I love what they do. Um, but you know, you shouldn't like put them as the shining light on a hill. But I think sometimes in education, you know, you, get these edu famous or these edu rock stars that people like really flock towards. And I always wonder, are, do, are they like us, right? Do, do they feel sometimes that 
they 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 aren't worth that right you, you know what i'm saying i'm uh, do do they feel or do you feel sometimes that it's like wh- why are you all huddling next to me i'm just one of you i i mean so so I just want to hear your thoughts on it because I struggle with that all the time. Well, you know, it's it, it it's a perfect little segue how you did that. Not only just kind of segueing into our topic for the day, but then it's kind of boomeranging back to the fact that I, you know, I've written this book now. And one of the lines in my introduction to my book, so I'm going to read it word for word here. My story is not special, but it is unique. My story is not much different than the typical person. I've had a lot of high marks and a lot of lows, just like the proverbial roller coaster. And because of and what writing this, I, I didn't want to make it look like I was somebody special or you know that I you know should be put on some sort of pedestal. And when the beginning of this book started, um, I started kind of talking a little bit about it. I remember I can't remember who it was now, but they said I can't wait till this book comes out. I can't wait to read it. And then the next part, which I thought was very flattering to begin with, the next thing they said was, I can't wait to do a book study on it. And that just blew me out of the water. Like me of all people, like why would somebody want to do a book study on my book? I mean, I kind of laughed it off at first, but then I realized that that's something that, you know, it happens. I mean, you know, there's a lot of people out there in the, the edgy universe that have written books and their popularity and and has just exploded and they've written books and people are doing book studies off it and it's it's international with it and and I'm not trying to presume that my book is going to be so popular that it's going to be international and then I'm going to gain 50,000 Twitter followers and you know people are going to invite me to do speaking engagements around the world or anything by no means that's not what I'm expecting but just to hear that like right off the bat like was like, why me like why why would you want to do a book study on something I've written so it's just, I don't really know how else to put that in words. It's it's really strange to me at this point. Yeah, you know, you know what what I think about, you know, is you know, we, I mean, there are a lot of amazing education presenters out there, and, and I'm not just talking about technology education presenters. I just mean in general, and and you know, the 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 fun thing with 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 the way that I have come to a point where I'm at is that, you know, I. I slowly got into the technology game only for the fact that I saw a need for it in my classroom and my kids had devices already. So why shouldn't I start implementing them? And then I, I fell into a group called CVQ. Like I didn't know anything about Q, you know, computer using educators. I didn't know anything about Q. I didn't know anything about teacher groups. I was young and I had just started teaching and it just so happened that one of my fellow uh, science teachers, Kendia Harrington, she said, hey, you're good with technology. I'm part of this CVQ group. We're having a mixer. Come on out. I go, oh, that sounds like fun. So I went in and, and I, I got to meet um, some pretty neat people. That I that was the first time that I met them. I met John Carippo. I had no idea who he was. I just, hey, great educator. Hey, how are you doing? You know, um, I saw I met Will Kimbley at that point. I just met a lot of great people who I had no idea were on a trajectory for amazingness. And, and you know, John was already moving up in that path, but I had no idea who he was. Um, and so when I joined that group, I just felt like I belonged. I didn't feel like I had joined some echelon group. I just felt like I, I, I joined a, a nice group of educators that I can talk to and get help with. And then through that, I met, you know, Alice 
Keeler and through that, um, I ended up doing a lot more things by by their advice, and then I ended up becoming a Google innovator. And at that Google Innovator Academy, you know, I met uh, Casey Bell and Matt Miller, and we became really good friends. And so I met them as people first, right? I didn't meet them as edu rock stars. And so when I see them, and I see how far they have come in these last five years. To me, that's amazing. To me, that's astonishing. To me, that that warms my heart. Um, and it, I always wonder to myself, you know, if if you have taken this time and this slow burn to get to where you're at, do you really feel like you are that person on top of the game? Do you, or or can you really look and be like, I really have a hundred thousand followers on Twitter, and every tweet that I say is going to resonate? You know. How does that make somebody feel um, in, 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 in um, just in their space? Uh, because, you know, for me, when, when I come up with something and, and, I, and I push it out or I share it on this podcast or I share it on YouTube, when I come out with something, I don't ever say this is going to be huge. I always go, I, I found this interesting. I hope other people do as well. And sometimes it does and sometimes it doesn't. But I don't do it for any other reason other than I hope – some kids get to do this in some class one day. Um, but it's just when, you, when when we go to conferences, though, Kyle, sometimes we get stopped and, and, and people want to take selfies with us and people just randomly come up and say, can I wear your jacket? You know, just walk in the vendor hall. And and, and to me, you know, I, I get a little bit giggly because I'm like, you know, you know, why is this happening, right? But but to me, it's 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 it's. I guess it follows this the trajectory of you know like-minded people like people who are you know helping them or or giving advice and and they're appreciative of it. And so I, I understand the sides of all these coins, but I would never put myself you know you know at a at an expert level, right? Uh, I mean, you know, has anybody ever said to you, Kyle, like, hey, on a scale of one to ten, how uh, comfortable are you with? Or, or how? Uh, what's your expertise with technology? Has anybody ever said that to you, Kyle? Uh, it's been said to me, and then I, when I've gone to conferences before, they kind of will send out like a pre-conference form. Um, I don't know, like kind of maybe to gauge what kind of sessions to offer or something like that, and they'll have those things. And it's it's one of those deals where I, I don't like checking the say it's on a scale of one to five. Even if it's something that I am really familiar with and you know could probably teach sessions on or whatever, I don't like checking that five because I feel like if you're checking five and that you're the expert on something, you don't have anything else more to learn about something. Yep. And and that makes me a little bit uncomfortable. And well, and then sometimes too, I, I don't like checking the one though either, meaning you have no knowledge whatsoever because there's still that that kind of idea that like, oh, if you don't know something, well, then, you know, you could be judged or something or like, you know, the people are going to point and laugh in the background or whatever, which I mean, it's, it's whatever. I mean, I'm in my late 30s and that's still something that, you know, elementary kids worry about. You know, we're we're grown adults and we still worry about judgment and, you know, people pointing and laughing and whatever. And that's just something that's it's just kind of something that sticks in my head sometimes when it comes to those things. So I always like to just try to stay in the middle on those things to um I don't want to be the expert, but I also don't want to be the person that just doesn't have the experience at all. 
And I have a similar story, you, where, you know, you weren't really, you haven't been in the Q game for that long, you know, and we always refer to Q because that's our organization here out West. You know, it's the, it's the premier ed tech organization for the state of California and Nevada. And that's kind of what we refer to. And wherever you're listening, there is most likely an organization that's very similar. I know um, my home state where I grew up, Michigan, they have one called McCall that is very similar to Q and I've always wanted to go to their big event, uh, but it's usually the same time that the Q event is in California. So um, one of these years, I'm hoping they kind of stagger them so I can go to both um, in the same year or something like that. Um, and then Florida, they have uh, their big one. Texas has uh, TCEA. They, so wherever you're at, there's more than likely an organization that you could get into much like Joe and I did. And and I was actually thinking about this. I was talking to my wife about it, about how this coming spring, spring of 2020, will be my five-year anniversary of being a member of Q. And I think about that. Five years is a long time. But the friendships I have made, the the changes I have made to myself as an educator, as a professional, and the different things I have done in those five years make it seem like it's been so much longer. Like It, it does not feel like five years. It, it feels like 10, 20, I don't even, I can't even tell you how many years it feels like because it just doesn't feel like I could have like humanly possibly squeezed all of what I've done in those five years into that amount of time. It just blows my mind. And, um, you know, I mean, we've, we've mentioned this before, this podcast would not have existed without Q because with the chances of us meeting probably slim to none, you know, and, and all it took was a conversation at a conference one day. Hey, you know, you and I should collaborate on something. We we both have some things to offer. I think so let's collaborate, and that and this is where we're at now. And that would have never happened. And but you know, go, kind of going back to the, the theme of what we're talking about here. Like, why why do I deserve this? Why do I deserve the the people that I have met and the things that I've learned? Or whatever. I mean, it it's just it's mind blowing to me. Yeah, and 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 you know, I don't want the listeners to 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 take us the wrong way. I'm I'm not I'm not saying you know like if if you are an expert and you are you're comfortable with that 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 you're you're doing something wrong. I'm not saying that at all. What I'm what I, what I'm saying is kind of the reverse that that some people are innovators, some people are experts, and they don't see themselves as that person that should be followed or should be celebrated. You know, it, it's people that that just go, why me? Right. Like I'm just a I'm just a teacher. I'm just I'm just an educator. And and Kyle, I know you go through some of those things as well. Like you've had a few blog posts um, that, you know, it really took some some, you know, fellow educators to say, hey, post it. That's good. Post it. Mm-hmm. Right. We always second guess ourselves on our competence or our writing or our, our, our uh, workflow. And and, you know, just to get people to say, do it, do it. You know, I, I have confidence in you. I like what I read. Post it. You know, it's 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 that that waning confidence I think that some of us have that kind of prevent us from going that extra step. And that's what I really want to make sure the listeners understand is that, you know, you don't have to be, you know, a seasoned presenter to be somebody's voice that is worth being shared, right? I I, I I've told people before that if if you come up with an idea and you don't post it. Um, either somebody else is going to come up with it and post it and be like, oh, why didn't I post it? Right. Or, you know, you, you post it and, you know, nobody, you know, uh, sees it that first time and then somebody else picks it up and repost it and then it blows up. So, you know, if you are doing something different or you're doing something new, you know, post it. I mean, that's all it takes. I just, I just want the listeners to, to know that, that, you know, confidence uh, in, in being able to, you know, 
put yourself out there and 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 uh, share what you what you have. That is what pushes education forward. And so the 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 complex that we're talking about for this imposter syndrome is meant to really help teachers who feel like they don't deserve the accolades they're getting. They feel like they don't deserve, um, you know, the, the people in their presentations, you know, coming up afterwards and wanting to take pictures. I want, I just want teachers to know that, that you should be applauded. I mean, you're doing amazing things in your classroom. You're doing amazing things to get kids involved and to get kids moving forward and, and, and make just a great educational experience. You're doing amazing things. You deserve to know that your voice matters whether no, no matter how big or how small um, and, 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 and vice versa, right? There, there's, there's also some syndromes where people think that they're the, the end and all being expert and that, you know, what they've learned, you know, is, is the end period. And, you know, they don't really have to go anymore because they've reached the top of their game. And, 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 and the reason I say this is because of the response that you had, Kyle, where if somebody asks you, uh, your tech, technological expertise between one and 10, what would you say? We, we should never say 10, right? We should always leave a gap. We should always leave room for the future to grow. So I don't think I've ever marked anything more than seven because, because I always want to know that there's more to learn and more to grow um, in, 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 these, uh, in these ways. I mean, you know, when, when, I, was, when I was in college, um, People used to always tell me that I had an Adonis complex um, because I would always I would I would schedule my classes around going to the gym. I would go to the gym at five in the morning till eight. I would go to class from nine to noon. I would go back to the gym from one to three, and then I'd get to I'd go to work, um, you know, from four to ten. And people say, "Why do you go to the gym so much?" And I go, "Because I want to stay fit. I want to keep going. I want to keep moving." And you know, one of the worst things that ever happened to me was I had a friend that said, "But you're great. You look great. You're perfect. You don't have to go to the gym so much." And he convinced me that I didn't have to work as hard and I would be just as good. And I slowly stopped working hard. I slowly stopped scheduling stuff around the gym. I slowly stopped going to the gym, right? And 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 so I lost that passion. Because somebody told me you don't have to work so hard. I, I want people to know that working hard is good, and 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 when you know that what you're working towards is going to benefit the future, I, I think just keep working hard. You know, and I know I'm kind of rambling here, Kyle, but I mean, it's there's just so many thoughts that are going through my head. Uh, there should be no period at the end of your education. You should always be constantly striving to learn more. And if I ever go to a presentation. And 99% of the things that the, the uh, presenter is telling me, I already know. That means 1% I learned. And I, I love that 1%. I applaud that 1% because that's 1% of, of, of knowledge I did not know before. And so I love that. And so I just want to hear your thoughts, Kyle, because, uh, you know, like you, you exude confidence, um, you know, when, when you're presenting and you're, you're around. And I just wanted to hear your thoughts because, you know, I, I know we share similar ideas and thoughts uh, do you ever feel um that that you're not worth the accolades that you receive a while back the first um inklings of for q spring q 2020 started coming out about leroy's big idea and if you're not familiar with this this is a i don't want to call it a grant but it kind of is a grant and I know you're familiar with it, so maybe you can help me kind of talk this through. But the the whole idea is is that uh, what, the, like the founder of Q, 
uh, Leroy Finkel was his name, I believe. Um, you know, just you founded this amazing organization. Well, now they have this like program, this grant slash competition at Spring Q every year that will award money to an educator that is deserving. I mean, all educators are deserving for sure, uh, but for an idea that they have. And, you know, some of the ideas um, that I've seen there in the past were um, trying to start up robotics clubs at their school or um, I believe it wasn't it um, our good friend Eddie Gonzalez that he got it a few years ago or had the idea a few years ago where using drones in the Central Valley and teaching kids how to use drones to help farmers um, keep eyes out on their crops, I believe. Um, so there's all these great ideas and a teacher can, by qualifying for it, being selected to be in the top five all automatically gets, I believe, $500. And then the winner will receive an extra $2,000 to implement their idea in their school. So I saw this tweet come out that they're starting to accept or they're going to be accepting um, proposals for Leroy's big idea very, very soon. And I was tagged in the the information, just like, you know, they had the picture, they just tagged my name. So more of probably, like, you know, hey, share this out kind of deal as well. Maybe not necessarily, hey, you should apply. Well, then I get a tweet that, that responded to that um, from our good friend Adam Juarez saying, I think Kyle Anderson should apply. And then a handful more come in and say, yeah, I really think that's a good idea, Kyle. You really should do that. And it, it just, it kind of took me, it took me a second reading that, thinking like, wait, wait, why, why, why am I getting everybody to say this? And and even right now, I'm still kind of struggling. I'm like, well, why, why did I have so much support to do this? But what it did though was it got my mind turning a little bit about an idea that I could potentially use to propose something for this and potentially, you know, earn this grant to help my students out a little bit more. Because Frank, I, I'll, I'll be straight up that. Had I not been tagged in that post and had Adam and a handful of others not responded and added my name to that saying I should do that, I probably wouldn't have done it. And right now I'm in the process of kind of refining an idea and now the proposal window is open. So I'm going to be submitting something for it now. because, And it's all because people had the confidence in me. So, you know, you mentioned about how I exude confidence when I'm interacting with people and when I'm presenting and whatnot. And I do, I mean, I am a confident person, but I mean, even the most confident of people still have their moments of self-doubt. And yeah. and, and with that, Leroy's big idea, that's an example of, I, I don't want to say that's an example of self-doubt because it, it's more of like not even thinking about doing it. Uh, but then all of a sudden when it's suggested, having that moment of self-doubt, but now knowing that I have support and those that have applied for it in the past and those that have actually earned this uh, grant before too was one of the people that was um, suggesting this to me. I know I have guidance from them in writing this proposal. And that that to me is worth more than anything in the world right there is that the fact that people have confidence in me that my ideas are good enough that where they could be worth like $2,000. And, and that, that to me is the most flattering thing in the world. You know, that, and that's amazing, right? I'm just knowing that people have your back, right? Knowing that people believe in what you're doing, that's a, an amazing feeling, right? And, and you know, that's why, you know, it, it really hurts my heart when you have some amazing educators that feel like the lone wolves on the campus, right? And you, they, they, they're doing amazing things and they're, they're going around and they're, they're trying to showcase things with fellow educators. And, and, you know, just 
because other people don't feel the same way, I guess. Like they're not they, they're not like, oh, yeah, that's amazing. Let me try it. Sometimes you get a lot of teachers that are a little standoffish trying something new. I, I think sometimes that can be detrimental back to the person going, oh, wait, well, maybe what I'm doing isn't that great. Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I'm doing it all wrong. So I think a lot of self-doubt comes from other people's unwillingness to try something new or to make that change. Um, or I think some self-doubt uh, occurs because we are comparing ourselves to other people. And, I, and I, I try to tell people all the time, I go, don't ever compare yourself to another educator. You could be enamored by another educator. You can love what other educators are doing, but don't, 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 you know, put yourself in a position where you say, I could, I could never be as good as, you know, insert name here. Don't ever do that to yourself. Just keep moving forward, right? Compare yourself to yourself last year. That is the only person you should be comparing yourself to. Am I better than I was a year ago? And if the answer is yes, boom, awesome. Let's be better than ourselves next year than you are today. The only person you should be comparing yourself to is yourself. Nobody else. Get ideas from other people. Get inspiration from other people. But never, ever, ever compare yourself to other people. Because I'll tell you what, Kyle, and we've met a lot of great educators. A lot of educators across the United States are amazing. But a lot of them are amazing for different reasons. Right. You, you can't you could never put up, you know, let's say, you know, you know, what, what one of our sons of technology members, Ed Campos, and compare him to another of our sons of technology members, Matt Miller. They're both amazing presenters. They're both amazing educators, but they both present on two completely separate things. So you can never compare them to. And so you should never compare yourself to either of them either. You should only compare your growth and your needs and your benefits to the you you were a year ago. And if you're seeing yourself grow, that then you're moving in the right direction. And and the confidence should come in your growth, not not in the growth of other people. Right? You should never say, "Oh, well I only moved up this much from last year and this other person moved up, you know, 10 times as much." Don't do that to yourself because that's where that self-doubt starts coming into play that you're not living up to other people's expectations. No, set your expectations and then go off of that. I, that would be my advice to people because the the worst thing I ever did was compare myself to other people. I did that for a long time, and and you know it, it, it's something that 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 is never a good thing. You should only compare yourself to your growth, not the growth or rates of other people. Right. I'm sure, Joe. You you've read the book "Teach Like a Pirate" by Dave Burgess. Of course. Absolutely. Of course. So it's kind it's kind of a um a holy book in educational circles um at this point. So. And I can remember, and he even says this in the book, not to compare, um, it just really depends on you. And the, the difference of when he was giving examples in his book about the different activities he was doing in his class and how people were commenting about how he makes it look so easy and it just comes easy for, from, for him to be creative. And when you know, his whole point was that, no, being creative is a lot of hard work. You know, It's actually harder work than just doing the same old complacent thing over and over again. And I can recall when I first read that book a few years ago, I was doing exactly like you were saying, Joe, is that how you were comparing yourself? And I was like, you know what? There's no way I could ever be half of what this man is. Um, I'm never going to be this creative. It, doing exactly what he said in the book not to do, to compare. But here I was, I was doing it anyway. But then 
over the course of the few years after I read the book and, you know, going back and rereading a few of the things here and there uh, with it, that mindset started to shift a little bit. But then when it really shifted was this summer when I was writing my book, I had a, I had a thing in there about when my feelings about about being a teacher really started to take off and I really started to feel confident myself and that I was truly making a difference uh, was shortly after I read that book when, and then I started to realize that I was already doing a lot of stuff that was very similar to what he was doing in his classroom, just not on the scale. And it wasn't out there in the form of a book to where thousands of people were reading it. There was a handful of people that saw what I was doing. So now it doesn't mean that I need to have thousands upon thousands of people knowing the different things I was doing in my classroom and then glad handing me about like, oh, you're so great or whatever. By no means, that's not what I'm going after here. But what it what it made me realize is that I am a creative, hardworking person. Okay, I, I don't need to compare myself to others. I just need to be confident in my own abilities and work hard to be creative. So I was doing already doing a lot of those things. You know, the teach like the pirate way, as he calls it in the book. I was already being a pirate educator. I just didn't realize it until I had read that book and then just reflected over it over the course of, you know, several months and years even. Yeah. And, and you know, you know, it's, you know, just speaking of all this stuff, you know, you know, I doubt myself as well because, you know, all of my, you know, all, all of my good friends, you know, you and Kat and John and. And, and all these all these great educators, they're all writing these amazing books and getting them published. And people come up to me and say, "When are you writing your book?" And and I, I start to doubt myself, going, "I mean, everything I've done up to this point is moot unless I write a book, right? Is that is that the point?" And and then I had to get to myself saying, "If I'm going to write a book, it's it's going to be a book that I write because I feel it's something that hasn't been put out there yet, not because I feel like." you know, to, to reach that next level of presenter, I have to have a book like Kyle. I know you didn't write a book to just have a book. You wrote a book because you had this passion inside of you. You got it out and somebody's like, Hey, that's a good book. Let's publish it. Right. So until I have that epiphany kind of moment, I I don't feel like I need to write a book at this moment. I think there's some great books out there already that, uh, you know, instead of saying, read mine, I say, read these other three because they're amazing. No, right. and that's and that's the that's a perfect way to look at it. So you know, it, you shouldn't feel forced to be able to do something like that because again, if you if you don't feel passionate about doing it, that then it becomes work. Okay, me writing my book that was not work by any means. I I sat down, I started pu- plugging away at it, and over the course of a month or so, I I plugged away and got about half of it done, and then once I learned that. I was going to be published. Then the rest of it, that was like, now, now is the excitement. The, the finish line was there. So uh, previously, when I was writing it, it was like going out for a run and not knowing how far you were going to go, where the finish line was. Once once I signed a contract, knowing that I was going to be published, now I saw the finish line, and then I really took off on it. And like I said, it wasn't work. I mean, I would sit there sometimes for three hours, not even realizing how much time I was spending and, and just knocking it out. And it was it was an absolute blast writing it. So now the not so fun part is now in the editing phase where it's not <laughs> as fun doing that part. So although even then, though, with the editing phase, I've gotten some great feedback from a lot of great people 
uh, on some different things that I can prove in it. And that part is fun though. Well, like rewriting something or adding something in there that wasn't necessarily before that part is fun too. So, and I'm just, I'm so excited for the finished product, uh, and what it's going to be. And, you know, the message I hope that people take from it and whatever. So I feel at this point, I can maybe say a little bit more that the whole premise of my book is the idea behind risks that I have taken in my life, big and small, and then looking at the consequences. And now, as much as a lot of people like to look at just the great things that have happened in their life, I took a hard look at some things in my life where I took a risk and it was just an absolute disaster. And I, I looked at that as well. But the whole premise behind all these risks I've taken and the and the consequences, good and bad, around it, what the whole idea that I want people to get out of that is that to be more willing to take risks and not worry so much about the consequences. Because again, there are some things in there I revealed, and it gets real personal at times too. So because this book, it, it's more of a memoir type thing. So if you if you're looking more for like strategies on how to implement different tools in your classroom, this this book is not that at all. This is more it's a memoir of my life, and then looking at those risks, and then how that shaped me as a man, an educator, a husband, a father all those things, and then trying to encourage people to be more risk takers as well. So saying that, you can kind of see now how working with you and the great people we've had with it, with this podcast and the Sons of Technology Group, how that really kind of inspired me to really take off on that book because so much of what we try to embody on this show is taking risks. And it's something that I'm very passionate about. And, you know, like I said, I turned into written form now. And I, I just, I can't wait to share it with the whole world. And right now is, I just, I want to talk so much more about it, but I, I don't want to spoil anything more with it. <laughs> you know, and, and you know, that, and you know, that's a great, a great thing because, you know, we, we ha we've had, you know, uh, a few episodes about taking risks and about celebrating failure, right? Because it, it, it helps you learn something new about yourself. And, you know, I, I've always said that, you know, if, 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 if you're if you're going to look at me as an expert or you're going to put me on a pedestal, make that pedestal made out of failures, because the only reason I'm I'm anywhere is because of my failures. Right. Um, I, I always tell kids that, you know, anybody who's ever made it to the top, they should have made it there by learning lessons along the way. And those lessons come from failing. Right. You, you, it should, there should never be some polished path to the end, because if you never challenge yourself, you can never grow and you can never learn what you're capable of overcoming. I think those are the important things that we need to know. Um, if if teaching comes easy to you, um, that's great, but start challenging yourself to make it a little bit more difficult, right? I I always said that you know that in my class I all as I was teaching, I always felt like I was one step away from falling over a cliff because I'm I'm just trying something that that's may work may not I don't know I was worried. I, I always feel like I'm about to fall over because I'm willing to try something new. Um, so, you know, not, not playing it safe within that classroom. And, and I don't mean like, you know, being all willy nilly with, with the content and, and making the kids suffer because of it, but trying a different way to get the kids involved and want to be in that classroom. And, and, and I think once again, it goes back to, you know, sometimes that makes us look weird to, to people. Um, sometimes it makes us look like that that weird person who's not following the status quo like everybody else is that's just doing that weird thing but we have to work past that 
once again, because we shouldn't be comparing our teaching style to other people. We should just be, you know, trying something new, growing ourselves every day and just really putting forward the learning outcomes first and then then going with activities that will help that learning outcome succeed. You know, and I I, I want us to imagine that that, you know, Kyle and, and, and myself and, and all of you were adults and we have doubts of our competency. We're adults and we question whether if we're doing things correctly. Imagine some of these kids in our classes, right? Imagine the doubt they must have coming into your class. I mean, could you imagine a kid being told from sixth grade and seventh grade and now they're in my eighth grade class that they're not good at science and they come in with this attitude of, well, I'm not good at science. They have this doubt already pre-built into them. Imagine the kids coming into your class with this doubt. How are we going to lift them up? We have to remind them, if you have an F, your only job is to, you know, do better than an F next year or this year, right? Don't look at Sally over here who's had an A ever since first grade and think that you have to do everything she's doing. Look at yourself. Let's grow. Let's grow little by little. Let's stop comparing students from the bottom to the top. We have to give them the confidence to grow because if we doubt ourselves, kids are going to doubt themselves. And so we have to kind of put ourselves in that shoe and be like, what can we do to really get these kids going? And that's where, you know, a lot of these different things can really help those students out. And, and you know, one story I'm going to say just really quick was, you know, I had a student that told me right off the bat, great kid, phenomenal kid. I really liked him a lot. But he said, Mr. Marquez, I am just not good at science. I'm just not. So, you know, I'm, I'm probably going to get a C and I'm, I'm fine with that. And I was like, well, you know, he, he could. You know, a C is not bad, but let's let's not pigeonhole yourself. And so I, I try to find ways to get him involved in the class. And, and we started doing green screen uh, recordings for uh, commercials and stuff like that in our science class. He loved them. He loved them. And he goes, can I direct everybody? And I told him, only if you read everybody's script and know everything about this and everything about that. That's what a director does. He goes, okay. So he would read everybody's scripts and everybody's information. And he'd do his own research because he wanted to be able to be that director that got everything correct on film. And he started studying because he found a passion for that directing. So finding a different outlet for him helped him grow and find confidence in a class that he never felt confident in before. Right. And so, you know, don't compare yourself to one other student, compare yourself to how you can grow. And so if we can embody that as educators, we can definitely instill that upon our students so that we don't pigeonhole them into, oh, I'm not a good student, or I'm not good at math, or I'm not good at reading, right? It's, well, let's be better this year than you were last year. That's it. Let's just be better this year than you were last year. Nothing else. Yeah. You don't happen to listen to the How I Built This podcast by chance, do you? I absolutely do. I love that podcast. Okay, so you know where I'm going with this then, most likely, is that on this podcast, Guy Raz, it's an NPR podcast, talks to all of these people that came up with these what we now call million dollar ideas. And now they own these, they either own or they started these, you know, multi-billion dollar companies, you know, companies like Dollar Shave Club or the one that gets referred to a lot because it's a very popular episode is the, the woman that created Spanx. And then there's, um, uh, Bert's like, Bees, Bert's uh, Bees, Bert's Chips. Yeah. Um, Burton Snowboard, Southwest Airlines. So all these companies that we know and most likely many of us use on a daily basis, and what he does, he talks to these people and just he gets their story out about like from the ground up where this come from, because it wasn't like 
these innovators woke up one day and said, here's this idea. And then it just blew up into a multi-million or even billion dollar company overnight. And it was all the growing pains and the outright failure that many of these organizations went through before they took off or the times that where they couldn't make payroll and they had to go and borrow $10,000 at like 30% interest in order to keep their company afloat for a month or whatever it may be. So, and I really think that as educators, we can learn a lot from these people that are featured on this show and just really like these people that come up with these ideas to begin with, because you know, like for, for whatever reason, educators, and not all obviously, but there's just this stigma around failure and not, and just doing that status quo. And it really takes a lot to get people to take those risks and to try different stuff and, and embrace failure. And if it's something that works in the corporate world, where now we have all of these products that make our lives better, or maybe they don't make our lives better, some of them, but either way, we can look at these people and the risks that they took and why can't we do that in our classrooms with ourselves and with our students as well? Because, I mean, who knows what could happen if, if we're willing to do these things? I mean, people that have taken their life savings, drained their 401ks, and then come up with a, a company that is making $4 billion a year now. I mean, obviously, we're not going to be making money as educators, but think of the things that we could do if we could have that kind of same approach to things. No, you know, absolutely. And, you know... It especially if you're a secondary teacher, that revision cycle is even heightened even more, right? Because you could try something in first period, didn't quite work, so you tweak it for second period, didn't quite work, you keep tweaking until it's better. And like seven period comes around and you got it humming and rolling, right? And so, you know, it doesn't have to go perfect the first time. It doesn't have to go perfect right over there, right? And if you think it has to go perfect, then you, you were probably listening to the wrong person who told you how to do it because most people tell you their success, how it happened the last time and how it worked perfectly. They never tell you the first time how it went horribly, horribly wrong. Right. And so I, I think it's incredibly important for us as educators to be completely open and honest saying, look, I, I got it tweaked and I got it down. This is how I do it. But when I first did it, here are the four pitfalls that I fell into and I had to overcome because you may fall into these right off the bat. Don't let that get you down keep moving forward because as we talked about in one of our past episodes you know if, if teachers see something on twitter and they go oh that looks easy yeah i'm gonna try it and then they try it and it doesn't work they blame themselves oh i'm just not good at technology then oh i'm just it's not that it's the person who posted on twitter probably refined it to the point where they were happy to post it not the first time they had posted it so once again it comes back down to you know don't look at others as 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 where you should be look at yourself and how can you grow because when you just start comparing yourself to other people you're going to go down a road of i can't be as good as them or you know i, I i'm not going to i'm not going to be to their level it, it's just not a good path to go down be confident in yourself be proud of who you are and if as long as you are trying something new you are doing great things that's it and I always say, a great teacher is not a perfect teacher. A great teacher is one who just tries, who tries something new, who tries to do it a different way, who tries to buck the status quo. It doesn't have to work, but you just try. That's a great teacher. And, and I just want everybody to know that we all have periods of self-doubt. And we all have times where people, you know, come up to us and say, oh, I can't believe I get to meet you in person. Can we take a picture? In my mind, I'm like, I, 
does she think I'm Ed Campos? <laughs> right? <laughs> does she, do they really know who, who I, who I am? Because, you know, I'm, you know, coming back home, it's, I'm just Joe. Right. And then we go to conferences and, and we, we get this kind of different, different approach, but you know, if you don't let things go to your head and then you also don't question yourself constantly, you just keep trying doing new things. You know, I think that's just the best thing for us. Right. And, 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 and the, once again, the whole purpose of this podcast was, you know, if you ever doubt yourself, that's fine. Just don't give up on yourself. Just keep trying and keep moving forward and never, ever, ever compare yourself to other people because you are not other people. You don't have those other people's kids. Every year is a different, enigma right coming coming into perspective so you know we are all experts at something um and we are all we're all and as long as you're willing to try and just keep being better at that then you're doing well and you're doing the right thing and so i just hope that if you're listening to this and you've ever had that period of doubt um just know that if you're if you're doing things for your kids then you're doing it right there's no need to doubt yourself because you're doing it for the right reasons and find that support group as well. So, I mean, maybe you're fortunate enough uh, to where you work in a school or a district where uh, you have a lot of people that you can kind of rely on to bounce ideas off or whatever. But but if not, that that's not the end game right there. You, you've got all these different ways that you can find support that's out there. And, you know, here we are. We're circling back once again uh, to people like you, Joe, where, you know, I if I have an idea, I can run it by you. No judgment whatsoever. And, um you know, I mean, not that I ever would, I don't think you would ever tell me, oh, that's a stupid idea. But at the same time, though, I'm comfortable enough with you where if I had an idea and you thought it was and you told me that, I would not feel, you know, there would be no, you know, angst or anything towards you about that. You know, I, I, it'd be more about like, okay, it's not a very good idea. Now, what can I do to make it better? Kind of deal. Absolutely. So, so find, find that support group that's out there, whether it's through Twitter, it's through Facebook, or if you're not on social media and you happen to find us, um, you know, here, listen uh, with this pocket, you know, find a group somehow, you know, and just go get that support group and, you know, your life will just be that much better as a result of that. And you know what? Share, share. Even if you think what you're doing is not amazing, even if you think something that it's probably something somebody else has already done, share it out because a few things you may be wrong. (laughs) You may have found something brand new that nobody's ever tried. And by, by sharing it out, you're changing lives. Number one. Number two, maybe somebody else has already done it, but maybe your post resonates with somebody that it, the other post didn't get hit with. And, and, and then that starts something as well. We never know what's going to catch fire, right? Like I, I'll tell you right now, there's, there's one video that I have on YouTube on Rocketbook, on these Rocketbook hacks. And I, 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 I just had an idea, like, I wonder what actually triggers the rocket book. And I wonder if you can make it bigger. And I just came up with all these ideas. And um, I was talking to my friend and he's like, I've never seen this before. You should record a, a, a how-to on this. I'm like, I'm sure other people have tried this stuff. He goes, just do it anyways. And that was almost two years ago now that I recorded that. And I'm, I'm coming upon, you know, 50,000 views on that thing. And I'm getting emails every day from people you know, saying, Hey, I just saw your video. Hey, can you help me out here? So you may have something that you don't think is very innovative or you don't think is, is something that should be out there, but trust me, trust me, you're going to resonate with somebody. And that means it's going to change the lives of some kids somewhere. So share. And Kyle, I'll tell you what, 
you know, we actively look on Twitter. When I say we, I mean our Sons of Technology group on Twitter. We actively look for teachers doing risk risking things, and we actively look for teachers that are doing things we've never seen before. And we reach out to those uh, those posters and invite them into our group. Some of the people from our group came because we had seen posts on Twitter, and we reached out saying, "Hey, we love what you're doing. Would you like to join our our uh, our brain trust in our Sons of Technology group?" So if you are one of those people that have these amazing ideas, please post, tag us in it, you know, at Sons of Tech EDU or hashtag EdTechArmy. Tag us in it because if it's something that we've never seen before, it gets us excited and we think that you have amazing ideas, we can reach out to you and ask you to join our group because the more educators we have with amazing ideas, the more that we can share out, the more that our brains can just, you know, be, be um, filled with these amazing ideas from amazing educators all across the world. So please, please, please share, 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 because if you share 10 things and nine of them don't ever resonate, but that one does, that one ticket right there was worth it. Please share because your words matter, your thoughts matter, and your experience matters. Trust me on that because if, if, if I let my brain get a hold of everything that I did, I would hardly post it all. Because I always quite double think, hey, what I'm doing is not special, so I shouldn't post it. But post it anyways, because other teachers may resonate with it, and that changes lives. And that's ultimately like the different things I do between social media, the blog, and everything, and then even the book, uh, writing the book. If if nobody gets anything out of it except for one person, to me, that makes it all worth it right there. So, no, uh, absolutely. So, so, so look at it that way. Um, if you're having doubts about something you want to share, it could make a difference in one person's life. And as long as it does that, that makes it all worth it right there. Absolutely. And you know what? You know, we're going to go ahead and start closing out here, but I, I just want to I just want to remind everybody who's listening, you know, 25 episodes. It, it may not you know, it may just be a drop in the bucket in the in the podcast world. But I'll tell you, it, it, this has been a year uh, of, of my life and your life, Kyle, that that has really uh, filled my heart. It really has. I mean, you know, when when we when we went to ISTE, Oh, oh, sorry, you didn't. You didn't go. No, I wasn't at ISTE this year. ISTE this year, but when when we Sons of Technology went to ISTE and we had a presentation at ISTE, you know, we had about fifteen people in our audience that are listeners to the Sons of Technology podcast, and that may not seem like a lot of people, but you know, the and I know the podcast goes out to everywhere, but we have a lot of listeners in California, and you know, this was in Philly, right? And we had people over there that that came in and listened to us and, and wanted to take pictures with us because they listened to this podcast. And that just warmed my heart because we do this for fun. We do this to, to, to get our voices out there and we do this to connect with one another. Um, and, and to know that people are out there listening to our words and taking it to heart and changing the lives of kids. I mean, God, man, there's nothing better to, to fill somebody's bucket. Right. My, my buddy was asking me the other day, he goes, man, we're getting old. You know, what's going to be our legacy when we're gone? And I said two things, you know, the, 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 the lives we make a difference in on a daily basis and our family, that's our legacy. And so knowing that, that people here can listen to this podcast and share it out with other people. And when we're gone, Kyle, you know, as long as anchor is still around, <laughs> these podcasts will still be on, you know, I, I'm happy with the legacy that we're leaving because, you know, like you said, if we have just changed one life by somebody listening to this podcast, that's good enough for me. Absolutely. So, um, 
But, and I would say it is humbling, you know, you telling stories about being at ISD and different people that we've never connected with supporting. And then, um, I see a tweet the other day. It was, a, uh, must've been in a Twitter chat or something. Somebody, the question I believe was about top podcast, uh, and somebody responded and tagged us in it and that we're making a difference in somebody that uh, I, I couldn't remember where they're from, but again, that one person, you know, tagged us on a tweet and then sent that out to the rest of the world. And that just, like you've said several times, that, that fills me up right there. It's amazing. You know, and, and somebody actually told me the other day, they go, you know, the, one of the reasons I like this podcast is because the way that you all talk, it feels like I could walk into your clubhouse, sit down and join the conversation, not be judged and be welcomed in with open arms. And I said, you would. That's absolutely. Yeah, that's a, that's exactly the way we want to do this. We, we don't, uh, we don't script anything. We don't, um, there, there's no judgment going in. It's a, it's open mind and open hearts and open arms. Absolutely. And that's the way education should be. Right. And, it, and it's, it's everything. Let's bring everything back full circle. Right. No matter, you know, how edu famous you think somebody is. They're just a teacher. And, I, and I'm not saying this to demean anybody. I'm saying this to empower everybody. They all started out as a teacher, just like you. And they got to where they were because they were willing to try something different and to share that difference out with other people. But in the end, they're just a teacher, which means go up and say hi to them. Go up and talk to them. Go up and shake their hand and go up and tell them, you know what? You've, you, you've really helped me become a better teacher for my kids. Don't ever feel like you can't ever go up and talk to a presenter or a keynote because deep down, everybody remembers where they got their start in a classroom with kids with the, with the want and the will to change lives. And that never leaves a teacher. So always, always, always feel welcome to talk to any presenter that you go and see. Especially me and Kyle, we love each and every one of you. We love to chat with you. We love to talk with you. And we just love to hear your experiences as well because that makes everything all worth it. Um, so pedestal, no pedestal, you know, uh, ideas of grandeur, ideas of mediocrity, you know, um, imposter syndrome or expert syndrome. I don't care. Let's just be great educators together. Let's all just grow together and let's all just be great friends so that we can change lives together. What do you think, Kyle? Absolutely. I couldn't have said it better myself. So that being said, though, um, again, can't believe this was 25. Didn't even realize it. So here's to the next 25 and beyond that, Joe. No, absolutely. And, you know, everybody, thank you for sticking with us these 25. And I can't wait till our 50th episode, Kyle. But thank you for sticking with us. Thank you for listening. Please, you know, we always love to hear your feedback. Please go on Twitter and let us know um, how you like this podcast. You know, uh, let us know what you're doing differently in your school, you know, using hashtag EdTechArmy. And, you know, if there's a topic we haven't covered yet that that you and your fellow educators, you know, went to the uh, the pub after school on a Friday and you started chatting about this topic and you're like, hey, this would be a great idea for a podcast. Let us know. We'll chat about that as well, because the whole idea of this podcast is just about educators talking about education and how we can make positive changes to make positive differences. So thank you so much, everybody, for listening. Thank you so much for making these last 25 episodes just an amazing ride. Thank you so much for being you. Thank you so much for making a difference. Thank you so much for taking risks. And thank you so much for being a teacher, because teachers are the most important people in the history of the world. Thank you so much.